Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. What up? Folks, we are back, fresh, still smelling like a vacation. Labor Day was last week, so we got the weekend, three-day weekend to recuperate and recover from telling all these fucked up crime stories. Uh, Fran, we, uh, people were not happy, you know? Yeah, uh, When that, that episode didn't drop, <laughs> I was I was under the assumption when I, when I put the message out, like, well, you know, I mean, we've been pretty consistent. You know, how does yeah. how does true crime podcast in the streets? Mm-hmm. You know, it's Labor Day. You know, that's you take a, the day off from labor. Yeah, man, I got all kind of, called all kind of bitches. And man, if you don't put that shit out right now, I'm coming with the hammer. I was like, okay, well, really, wow, this is this this fire. You know, people people can't do without. You know, people got to go to their jobs, and some everybody don't got Labor Day off. Hmm. So some people were at work and was like, where's the shit? You know, I got I got my first glimpse into what it was like to be Freeway Ricky Ross or mm-hmm. you know uh, you know Pablo Escobar, one of those type of dudes. When the yeah. product doesn't hit the streets, people aren't just gonna be happy about that. They yeah. aren't gonna just under, be understanding. They need that fix. So we're back. We're here. Please, everybody, we're back. We're, this yeah. is this is dropping. You know, we're 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 back on track. You know, but but you can't come at us like that, man. Because I I might have to you know start um, calling the authorities. You know, we <laughs> we deal in a, a genre of telling a whole lot of fucked up stories. And when I hear people start talking about they're gonna uh, cause physical harm to me, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I got to get the feds on this. This yeah. is this is not a game. You I know? saw a lot of uh, passive aggressive comments. Yeah, it was very uh, passive. I, I, I was under the assumption <laughs> of like, well, you know, I mean, we we we're pretty productive. You know, we're we're coming regularly. People were like, man, if you don't drop that shit right now, yeah. I know where Baltimore is. I I know I know how to get a ticket. I was like, oh shit. Well, I almost dropped something like on like on like the Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Just me up here. Yeah. Just like, hey guys. It's something content, please uh-huh. don't I, hurt me. I saw him, but I just yeah. kept on scrolling. I got, I got you. <laughs> I, I, I get, it. I understand. You know, you don't have, you don't have the the same. Uh, I'm, I'm a bitch, <laughs> so uh, you are just like, ah, whatever. I don't care. You know, I'll see y'all next week. I me, I'm like, oh my week. god, like this is a riot on our hands. But anyway, we are here. A lot has happened. First thing I want to do is um, give prayers and condolences to what is uh, taking place in the Bahamas and will, yeah. will be a long recovery for them. Hurricane Dorian went over the Bahamas and just sat there for like a whole 24 hours. The images that I've seen of that place are like literally nightmares I've had. Yeah. People on the second floors of their home with That's water crazy. in them, airports gone. It's places that they show side by side photos of this was a street with a store and it just it's just ocean. It just it's just 
not when you it's just ocean i saw somebody like three-person couch float floating in it yeah man it really it was, and because it's a, it's it's an island of about fifty thousand, predominantly black i couldn't help but when you see people on their rooftops and yeah. holding signs asking for help it reminded me a lot of hurricane katrina and it was very um devastating to see that happen to people of any race but yeah. when people that look like me and you know and sitting on their on their rooftops when we've seen people that look and i've seen people that look like me in this predicament before and this time for hurricane katrina happened in this country and they still didn't get help mm-hmm. so i don't know you know what i mean like nobody's obligated to help the bahamian people they aren't uh like a uh they aren't beholden to the united states mm-hmm. you know they're their own country as far as i know i don't know it's about geo you know geography and shit like that mm-hmm. but i know that ba- the bahamas isn't a territory of the united states so we aren't obligated to help them we should have been obligated to help puerto rico and that didn't turn out that well they didn't really get the help that was there there was some you know some corrupt politics going on there with that money mm-hmm. but this is going to be all out of love that these people are getting it, it's no i don't know what country they're like is beholden to the bahamas i don't think there is but everybody wants to go there when it's sunny and beautiful. So that, I hope all these celebrities and politicians and people that go there mm-hmm. really rally behind these people. And if anybody knows a like a a, a, valif- a a verified donation site, please hit us up and, and let me know. I would love to give whatever I can. I know um, when hur- when uh, Hurricane, whatever one hit Puerto Rico, I can't remember. So I've been so many. Whatever the one was that hit Puerto Rico, you could Amazon them water like cases of water. Okay. You know, oh, that's cool. and like where, you know, you might not have money to give, but you can just, you might have a credit card and you go, oh, I'm sending them three cases of water, just something, mm-hmm. you know, I would love to help however I can. So if anybody has any kind of information, sometimes there's a lot of scam, unfortunately, a lot of scams pop up in places that you donate money to, it doesn't really get to the source and help the people. So I would, I would, whatever one, if people find one, I hope, you know, it's verified so I can know that my money's going to help those people. Mm-hmm. But again, prayers and condolences to those people. I, I pray that nothing bad like that ever happens to me because I don't know what I would do if my all of a sudden the first floor of my house was just underwater. Yeah. I don't even know how do you begin to recover from that, you know? No. And then the water, the water might leave, but now you got mold and yep. the same stuff that happened in Houston when they had a hurricane. It's like all that water's gone now, but everything's wet now. So mold, now you can never go in your house, some people, most people probably, because mm-hmm. it's just so much water damage and rot and mold that mm-hmm. there's no just, okay, let's dry it out and we can go back in. You, they might, there's people that just are, their lives are ruined. There's no recovery. Yeah. They just have to p- pick up and start somewhere else, you know? So like... You know, nothing but prayers to them. I hope I hope the best for the people of the Bahamas. I know it's a really big tourist location, so I hope people that have frequented and have had great memories from that place really show up and show out for those people in their mm-hmm. time of need. Because, you know, a lot of those people are, you know, those people that serve you your drinks, you know, change your beds at the hotels that you're at, you know, you know, local locals are who you know when you go to those resorts and stuff the locals are who take care of you right so i hope we can really rally together and take care of those locals in this terrible time and then you know uh also in the span of us taking a week off i was coming ready to just kind of talk about you know hurricane dorian for the most part and what mm-hmm. happened to the, the bahamian people and then um somebody put this story up about this little girl that got kidnapped by the story is really complicated, but there's this little girl named Nailani, adorable little girl, and it it progressed so fast that by the time I really understood what was going on, they had found the little girl and she had been um they they they're gonna 
probably most likely rule it a homicide. So what happened was there was this guy who had had this online relationship with this girl. They had been, you know, talking back and forth. Mm -hmm. And I guess they started dating, you know, in IRL in person. Mm -hmm. And they got into an argument in the car and this guy's daughter was in the back seat. So they got in an argument. And when he got out of the he got out of the car, him and his friend, they Mm -hmm. got out of the car. And when he went to get his daughter out of the car seat in the back, the woman drove off with the kid in the car. And a manhunt went out and, you know, Amber Alert and everything like that. And everybody was really freaking out because it was kidnapped. And then there's a story that happened that way. Yeah, I was I was shocked when you said that. Yeah, I don't know how often it is that a woman. I, I don't I don't know the statistics offhand, but it's. I know it's less frequent than men being the kidnappers. Yeah. And this this situation itself is almost sounds like pure like vindic like like it's vindictive. Yeah. But also there was a story. I don't again. I don't know all the full details. I just know the little girls unfortunately is no longer with us. But there was a story that came out that uh, she had paid somebody ten thousand. Like she had sold the kid. Like in the mix of being like on the run mm-hmm. that she had sold the kid. I don't know how true that is, but. Uh, the, the child was found and she's no longer alive mm-hmm. and um, I, I feel like it's pretty on brand like I think we preach this a lot like watch who you bring around your kids man. Yeah. like I feel like I, as a person who doesn't have kids you're more qualified to speak on this but I feel like and also you might not be as qualified because you are in a relationship with a woman you had a mm-hmm. kid with but if if that relationship was to stop the next woman in your life would have to jump through a lot of hoops before us oh, yeah, let's bring my kid around you. Yeah. And I don't want to, like, make more grief on the father of this child. I'm mm-hmm. sure I can't imagine what he's going through. But I just want to, while we're on this topic, preach, like, this world is fucked up, man, and people only show you what they want you to see. Mm-hmm. So you really need to be sure that you know a person before you bring your kids into the mix, you know? You want to touch on that? No, I mean, again, I don't have kids, but I would assume... I agree, yeah, um... I don't think I would talk to somebody for six months or <laughs> Hey, man, have you then, watched Catfish? Yeah, I've seen You're Catfish. You're doing it for eight years, man. That's so. wild. No, <laughs> I don't want no part to that. But, yeah, I do agree. It, it would have to take a while for, um, I got to, f- you, you still can't, you can't meet somebody and then, like, okay. I know you now. I trust you. Yeah, yeah, you can't. So, it's like, that's, it's tough. That's, that's, that's a tough predicament because um, it would be a while for me to bring my child around somebody I'm not comfortable with one i don't know as well especially if i only known him for six months for sure and i'm meeting him for the first time nah hell no Mm-mm. yeah so i probably wouldn't tell my kids they probably wouldn't even know yeah that's something that's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like some sitcom shit yeah. where they like see a picture and you're and you're like this you've been dating for six months you're mm-hmm. like oh yeah i have a child mm-hmm. that's why i can't we can't hang out on tuesdays that's yeah. the reason i just didn't even want to bring you into that it's just like a separate it's like a separate part of your life yeah right you know obviously you it's not a. It's not a like you're hiding your child from them. I hate to use a Drake lyric, but it's yeah. not. You're not hiding your child from the world. You're hiding the world. Not you're not hiding your the your child from the world. You're hiding the world from your child. It's yeah. like I don't know if I trust this person. Yeah, right. So you don't just get access to this part. No. You don't even need to know my child until right. I really think this is something serious. And and that could take who knows how long. Certainly not six months of Facebook uh, chat. Right. You know, and where was we, this? This was in Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah, so kind of close. Not far. Mm. Um, That's scary. Very scary, man. I mean, the idea that this makes me... I don't know if people Uber with their children, but the idea of... I never even thought about you getting out of the car 
that in that brief moment. I wouldn't be in the front of Uber, so. Yeah. But, you know, if he had a friend with him, there's the car seat. But it wasn't an Uber. It was his girlfriend. <laughs> I know. But I'm just saying. I, yes. I, I, I'll call another one. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, the process of getting out of the car. And in that brief moment, it's like this person's in a, in a vehicle that goes very fast. And now you're out of the car and your child is still strapped into yeah. the car. And it's just that little half a second. Yep. It's you. That's when you find out. Oh, this person is crazy. Yeah. And you could never have known they could have been everything. But then you get into this argument and they go, oh, you're out of the car. I have your child. I'm gone. Yep. As revenge on you. You want to talk to me like that? I'm a bitch. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, now I peeled off on you. Probably was, probably was a conversation where, you know, I don't think we should see. Yeah, it was probably anymore. broke things off. Probably, you know, some some expletives were said. Might have called her crazy or whatever. Mm, that's correct. And that's got correct. out. And was, I'm getting get my child. I'm getting the fuck out of here. And then that split moment gone you know so again i like i say i say it again watch who you bring around your kids man watch who you have children with period yeah but watch who you bring around your children man like it it really is it can be very damaging to them you know who who you bring around them and i'm not talking about in just like an abuse sense it, it who you who you bring around your child as a male or as a man or a woman but women specifically <clears throat> and that that's if you're this is if you're, if you're raising men or women, who you bring around your child lets them know what is acceptable in life. Mm-hmm. And if your child is watching you get beat, you get yelled at, you get treated any kind of way, watching a man sit on your couch and just eat chips all day and not work, it's like, oh, well, this is what men are. It's like, okay, when I grow <laughs> up, bags. yeah, when I grow <laughs> up, like it's cool for a, whoever I date to just like not have a job and yeah. use me for my car. That's normal. Like my mom, that's what a man is. So understand that responsibility. I feel weird talking like I'm 27 year old dude with no kids being like, look, you guys have a responsibility and you should take that responsibility very serious. I don't know. Like you got years of wisdom. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but it sounds good. I think, I mean, this is, this is what I would want to tell. I I grew up with a a single mother and, you know, household and my mom was excellent. Like she didn't bring around. There was no just random dudes in my house like, what's up, little man? Like those, All those stories. Like, eat, he's eating my cereal. Like, I, that is not an experience I had. Like All my juices were drunk or something mm-hmm. by some dude who just hung out at the house. Or I've never seen my mom get like yelled at by a man or her pants put on her or anything mm-hmm. like that. I've never seen any of that stuff. So I, I can only imagine, because as much as I love my mom, if I did see that, what that would do to my psyche. Yeah. You know, so I, you know, I'm thankful, but... I, Unfortunately, I'm that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm a an anomaly like a, everybody who has a single mom uh who besides me is like terrible life and it's rough yeah. and see their mom do all kind of crazy shit. I'm just saying I know that it's not every story is, oh yeah, I was a single I grew up in a single parent family and everything was great. Mm-hmm. I know that's not always the story. So that's only that's where I'm speaking from as a product of it, not mm-hmm. as somebody who is trying to talk down anybody or anything like that. Right. Um, but so rest in peace to that beautiful little girl and prayers to everybody going through um, the storm of Hurricane Dorian. Apparently, it's supposed to travel to the Carolinas. It's uh, already been there. I think it's well, if we're, while we're it's come, we're recording on a Thursday, the Thursday before the weekend. This episode is coming out on a Monday, so it might have went through the Carolinas already and done damage. I don't know, but hopefully not. Prayers, you yeah. know. Hopefully, let's pray and hope that that dissipates and maybe goes down a couple categories just category two or something and uh you know just i don't know man these storms keep coming man i don't know how many how much 
how many times Baltimore is going to get lucky. But I've always loved living here because of that reason. Like we get all the seasons. We get a little bit of some storms sometimes, but like nothing. We didn't have a hurricane alley. I mean, we're not in tornado alley. No. We don't get really hit with, with any really hurricanes. But the crime rate's a little high if you live in the city. And that's kind of the trade off. So it's it, there's no natural disasters, but like man made disasters here are a little, a lot higher than average. <laughs> so that's kind of the trade off. Like yeah. you don't, you won't die in a hurricane or a tornado, but you might catch a stray. Yeah. And that's just kind of. I'd rather I'd rather like grow up here and be knowledgeable of let me try to avoid here and there and obviously mm. it's you know today it can happen anywhere from anybody that looks like anything mm. but I know where I where I'm less likely to catch a stray bullet mm. or end up getting assaulted or robbed or whatever I know where those places are go when you're in California and that hurt and that earthquake hits there's no uh well I know if I'm not here well, at this part of California mm-hmm. then the earthquake is it's just hitting yeah so those natural disasters I'd, I'd rather have to deal with people than natural disasters because Earth is that bitch. Mm-hmm. And if she decides to shake us off, which is what's happening right now, all these natural... She's trying to get us the fuck up off of here. We're the infection. Mm-hmm. So there's no avoiding those natural disasters when they come. And and so I don't... I, I'm not saying that to go into climate change. Or I'm just saying... <laughs> I'm just saying, look, keep your prayers up. And and if if you if you hear that a category five is coming your way, leave. I don't care what you have there. If what I don't give a shit. Pack a truck and fucking go to the next state and just maybe you're wrong and you spent a couple of days in the Holiday Inn. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Because you don't want to end up on the second floor of your house and the the steps are are underwater. Yep. Rather be safe than sorry. A- absolutely. And with that, like let's that. go. Ahead, yeah. And with that, let's go ahead and jump into these good vibes and try to you know pick pick spirits up a little bit. That's right, folks. It's time for another segment of Good Vibes, the segment of the show where we try to uplift the spirits before we get into this dark, fucked up shit again. Friend, you want to go first or you want me to go? I go first. All right, please. Excuse me. My good vibe this week is about um, an anonymous shopper is being praised for spending thousands of dollars on electrical generators to benefit Hurricane Dorian victims in the Bahamas. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. beautiful. The man was photographed by Alec, Alec Sprague earlier this week at a Costco store in Jacksonville, Florida. Alec had been buying a generator of his own when he learned that his fellow shoppers was buying 100 generators mm. for 450 apiece so he could send them to the to the bohemian communities affected by the devastating storm. What's that, like 45 stacks? I'm not good on math. That's just off the fly. Yes, sir. (sighs) The man also bought a variety of different meals and food stuff that will be shipped to the islands along with the generators. Mm. In total, he spent Mm. $49,285. It's important that we help each other out. It's better than just sitting there, the man told CNN. Absolutely. You see a need and you feel it. The goods are set to be shipped by a boat through the Earl Thurston Bahamas Hurricane Relief Fund. Oh, okay. Though the man asked new reporters, um, asked news reporters to withhold his name, Alex snapped a photo of the identified benefactor and published it to Facebook. I fuck with that. I yeah. fuck with yep. that. In just 24 hours, the post has been shared more than 34,000 times. That's beautiful. That man didn't want, look, I I'm did doing something good. I don't even, I don't need... I'm the not fame. doing it for that. the viral. Right. I don't I don't I want to help I want to help these people. It's crazy cuz this dude looks like 
This dude probably is like a uh, like a like one of them low key millionaires. Yeah, don't even don't made even a bunch like of money it. off selling porta potties <laughs> or something like that. You know, he just just went and spent fifty racks <sighs> to help people out, man. That's, that's but what's even right more there. beautiful if he didn't have it like that. Yeah. You know, maybe he wasn't a millionaire, but maybe he maybe he wasn't. Maybe he didn't have it to blow like that. But he saw something happen on in the world, and maybe he has Bahamian blood in him, or I it don't prob- know. Maybe he's been be. there a couple times. I don't know, but he felt compelled to go drop fifty racks at the store and give these people some power and some food and and, and get it to him yeah. immediately. Yeah. And so- not and not on some not to use, but just to use a name of somebody that not would do this, but it would make sense if it was Diddy. Mm-hmm. He's like, yo, y'all take that, take that, yo. It's the, it's the, mm. it's the uh, Bahamian challenge, y'all. Take whatever money y'all can and give it to the Bahamian. And that's beautiful. Yeah, that's great. Give them whatever. But this dude didn't do it like that. He said, I want to help them, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna go help. Them. I'm not trying to start the Bahama challenge, whatever. I just want to go help these people. I don't need my name in the press. I don't need recognition or any of that kind of stuff. I'm doing this off the strength of these people need help. Yeah. I saw a video of people got sharks in their living rooms. This is not a really. Yes, well, shit is that. the ocean is in people's house. I didn't see that. This shit is crazy, man. <laughs> That's why this shit is insane. So shout out to that guy, anonymous man. Yeah. Shout out to him. And, and that's a beautiful move that he did. Yeah. Uh, my story is a little bit different. You know, school started this week, so I heard about the story about these uh, upperclassmen who sat with a freshman at lunch, and I think that's really cool, especially mm-hmm. with you know all this bullying and you know not saying that that's a direct correlation to these school shootings but sometimes it is sometimes you know people get pushed a little too far and that's not excusing what they do but if we put a little bit more kindness in these people they might not be as you know driven to commit those crimes Mm -hmm. or at the very least the people that they treat nice they're like hey man look i'm coming in here tomorrow maybe take the day off yeah you know and and that's that's terrible Mm -hmm. but i'm just saying you you might save your you never know if you're saving your own life yeah. by being nice to that weird kid or that quiet kid or whatever. And I'm not that's not to be selfish. I'm just saying I always there was a kid in my class who he carried a briefcase mm-hmm. as his book bag, mm-hmm. like a like a lawyer's briefcase. Uh, and I hey man what's up man? If I got a candy bar, I offer him to him, and not because I thought he was gonna shoot the school up, but he looked like you know he could go that way. Yeah, uh, and I was I was very confident that if that day ever came. He would give me that. He would take his little fedora hat and, you know, hey, mm-hmm. look, go ahead and take the stairs. And I felt confident in that. That's not why I was doing it, but subliminally, that kind of why I was, I yeah. was doing it. <laughs> you just never know who it is, man. Yeah. Be nice to everybody. Anyway, to my story. So a group of upperclassmen in, at a North Carolina high school made a new friend in a freshman who did not have anyone to sit with during his lunch on the first day of school. Caleb Wren, a 14-year-old Reedsville High School student, told... WX11 that he had sat alone at lunch and was being picked on for being short which is nothing he can control man like it's and he's a freshman that's immature yeah short <laughs> come on man everybody's short to somebody dang can't just be live your life he said he's used he said he's used to it and wasn't that upset when it happened on his first day of high school he assumed it would happen he said when I got home I told my sister about all of he, he said I got home, I told my sister about all of that, and my sister, being my sister, made a huge tweet about it, and and that's viral, and that's going viral now. And that's just, that's just how the world, that's crazy, man. So many stories that we hear are uh, some story where it's like, this is my brother. Like, uh, some tweet that starts like, this is my brother, and then somebody smacked him with an egg. Give him some retweets to let him know he all love him. And it's like, damn, a million retweets? 
It's wild. Shit is crazy. Just and but then the same person or the same situation can happen, and somebody else tweeted, and they're like, "Man, fuck that brother." Like, yeah. It just it's just all about the the eloquentness of it. Like if you don't word it right, people just scroll right by. But if you get the right photo with the right little caption over top of it, everybody feels sorry for your brother, man, or whatever, you know. So. That's crazy that this is how the story came out. Um, his sister Leah tweeted a picture of the text she shared with her little brother after he told her that he ate lunch alone because he didn't have any friends. Caleb said, they think I'm a loser because I'm short. And that is terrible. Yeah. Uh, after seeing the tweet, some upperclassmen and student athletes joined Caleb in the cafeteria. The football team shared a photo with Caleb on Twitter. Now, this is a beautiful thing, right? But they wouldn't have done this if they weren't attaching themselves to a viral story. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. But the response was like, oh, Caleb's famous now. Hey, look, y'all, we helped him. Oh, they clout chasing. That's just kind, I of, agree. The, that's yes. just kind of the world now. Yeah, man. It's just, even if you're doing a nice thing, if they would have just sat with him at lunch, but to be like, hey, look, hey uh, uh, Calvin, uh, it's Caleb. Yeah, anyway, uh, stand right here, mm-hmm. and we're going to all take a photo around. Well, let him his jacket on. Yeah, and let him know we're on the football team. Yep. Yeah, I, it's, yep. good vibes. it's good vibes. I'm so, I'm so glad that it was different for us in high school. I'm, I'm just so... I wouldn't want somebody to be like, hey, man, pick your chin up, take a photo. I'm going to take a photo of you and put it on the internet and say that I was nice to you. I'd be like... Ugh. But it's just not like it is. I mean, we sound like we're 40 years old, but it's like... I it's tell people, like was, though, I tell man. people all the time, man. It blows my mind, but it's true. Like, Sierra's sister is 24. Mm-hmm. That's a different generation. Yeah, I'm 27, but these it's it was such a jump that technology that they got yeah. the software and the and the Twitter and the Vine and all it did something to them the, them kids that it didn't do to us because we were already like 17. Yeah. But if you had all that shit when you were like 11, 10, these kids are different now, man. And so I don't even know what's going on with these seven a kid in high school. These kids are crazy. <laughs> the t- they're making TikTok videos and all kind of shit, yeah. man. It's so much shit going on that it's it it didn't happen if you didn't put it on the internet. If you don't put it on the internet, it didn't happen. Yeah. If you didn't film the Kendrick Lamar concert, you weren't at the Kendrick Lamar concert. Even if you have twenty videos on your phone that you're never gonna watch, yeah. you gotta film the whole concert. Yeah. That you're never gonna watch it again, but you gotta put the couple of clips that you have up on social media so people know I was at the Kendrick Lamar concert and this is good vibe so I'm gonna get back and finish this story about Caleb man so anyway so they took all kind of photos with Caleb um, you know the you know the school uh, one of the school like guidance counselors and some of the football kids and then Caleb tweeted because now Caleb's famous he tweeted uh, honestly to all the people who pick on others I just wanna say to you I wanna say I wanna say you may have been led down the wrong path but it's never too late to turn back and just love everyone because that's why God created us to love each other. And that's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and he even got shout outs by, by my boy, the young sir. He's next up. Jacob Tremblay. What was that? Have you seen Room? Uh, movie? Yeah. Nope. Have you seen Wonder? Nope. That's about all I got. <laughs> he's, a, he's, about, he's about seven. He's one of those, uh, he's like a Dakota Fanning. Okay. No one will ever be Dakota Fanning. Mm-hmm. Because it was scary how good at acting she was at like five. Yeah, you know she, you know they yell cut and she'd be like, okay, yes, um, I'll be in my trailer. Like at five years old, you know, very mature. But Jacob Tremblay is very talented, and he tweeted to uh, Caleb. He said, "Yeah, I'm short too, and definitely not a loser because he's got big old nuts." Talking that shit like that, man, I'm not a loser. I'm a fucking Oscar nominee. Yeah. Uh, he said, "Hang in there, bro. Do sign Blue Heart." 
And that's from the that's from the Tremblay. So anyway, it seems like Caleb's getting some, you know, some positive affirmation, some good energies coming his way. Maybe he'll get, you know, uh, invited to the premiere of some Disney movie or something like that. You know, I hope all That'd the good cool. I hope all the good things for him. But the last time this happened was with that kid that had the scar across his head and he had like a lateral lisp and the kids somebody threw baloney at him in school or something like that. And then it turned out his mom was like a racist. Whoa. You know, like where she, she had, I don't know if it was racist is a strong she went word. She like a racist rant? No, racist oh. is a strong word, but she had like a photo on her, on her, on her Facebook like, if you don't like the Confederate flag, then you should stop being such a libtard or something oh, like that. That's why they threw baloney at him? No. Well, oh. maybe that's the, th- it, it, it drew it into, well, maybe this kid's in school saying racist shit to people. Maybe mm. that's why he got punched in the face. We don't know. But anyway, let's just hope this story doesn't take some weird turn where the kid's on, you know, Vine like, nigger. And then it's like, oh, Caleb, fuck this kid. You yeah. know, so I'm hoping for the best. He seems like a nice kid. He's just short. You know, he's nice. And the black football players like him. So I'm hoping that he gets all the happiness and joy in the world. And no crazy video comes out of his sister being like, you know what? Black people stink. And then it's not funny anymore. <laughs> so let's just hope for that. Shout out to Caleb. And that's all I got on the subject of that. That was beautiful. Good vibes. It was weird because we kind of dissed the whole young kids uh, and was in in the middle of the good vibes well it's true it is true man like you don't just take just have lunch with the kid you don't yeah. gotta make him pose for a photo but his sister did it first and now they want to be a part of it too the story they want to be a part of the story too and that's just the world now everybody wants to oh here's a follow up to the yeah. story we're involved too now let's get some we want some retweets fame yeah fame and buns man um, I don't know about buns man these kids are that's moving on. We're gonna, <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna move on from that. This, that's juvenile uh, buns, and we don't talk about him, um, underage buns. But shout out to him, man. Shout what out to Caleb. Name? What's his name? I'm sorry, Caleb. Caleb. Yes. I like that name. Caleb. Caleb. Caleb Swell. Something like okay. that. Yeah. Um. He seems like a nice kid. His sister did what she's supposed to do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, his yeah. sister should have. I, you know, I was. I would hope my sister goes in cracking skulls, but yeah, she she made a brought awareness to it, mm-hmm. and that started the whole train. Yeah. So the, this wouldn't happen without his sister bringing awareness to it. And again, like I said. Just make a friend, man. Just be nice to people, man. You, you never know that one little act of kindness you give could stop somebody from doing God knows what. Yeah. Harming themselves, harming others. We don't know. We you don't you don't know. So just don't be mean. I don't think that's a big ask. You know? Sometimes it's sometimes it's sometimes it's the only way that the kids at that age know how to be funny mm-hmm. is to go, look at that kid. Yeah, and that's you know, and it's dog eat dog, and that and I understand it because there was a point in my time, you know, in my life where I'd be like, "Hey man, his shoes squeak like a duck when he walked down the hallways, man. <laughs> Look at him, <laughs> point at him." But now with this world we live in today, it's just yeah. too much. Now you know, you take a ten second video of his shoes squeaking. Yeah. Now he's a song. Somebody didn't use them in a Kid Cudi song. Now it's just it, the shit is just too big, man. Everything's too connected, oh, man. So just let's just ease up. <laughs> let's be a little nicer. Times have changed. Um, with that being said, I want to leave us. There's this artist named Sir. He dropped an incredible project, and I want to play John Redcorn. Great song, good vibes, fun energy. Uh, this is John Redcorn by Sir. And when we come back, we're gonna talk about some fucked up shit. So stick around. Alone, every night alone. Why am I alone? I know that you want me to. Am I wrong? Tell me that I'm wrong. Tell me I deserve all the pain that you put me through oh. I really hate that I give a fuck Pressing 
All right, and we are back. Fran, it is your turn to go first this week, so the floor is yours. <clears throat> so my affirmative murder this week is about Anthony and Nathaniel Cook. So this story I'm going to read is um is a it's about the killings by it's written by a detective. Oh, cool. Um it's this was in yeah, this was in Toledo, Ohio. Um Cook held they held Toledo in fears had had Toledo in fear in the early 80s. So for 17 months, Anthony and Nathaniel covered their tracks and evaded Toledo police as they performed the crimes that would make them the city's most notorious serial killers. The gruesome murders that began in May 1980 locked the city in fear as, brutal, as, brut, as brutally beaten bodies were found in the culverts and ditches and mm. young couples turned up dead in trunks of cars. Mm. The rampage ended in October 1981 when Anthony Cook was arrested in the shooting death of realtor Peter Sawicki. However, 17 years would elapse before DNA linked the brothers to the other crimes. It's DNA, man. It's yeah. coming through big recently, man. A true crime story written by Frank Stiles, a retired Toledo police detective who was, at the, who was the lead investigator during the killings, details the police investiga- investigation that ended in 2000 when confessions made by the Cooks cleared up eight cold case cold case murders and other unsolved crimes. Mm. It's crazy how when they find they they capture these people that killed one person and then over time it's like they did like five other crimes and the ones they were stuck they had no leads on. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, that's wild. That's what happened to Samuel Little man. This dude's up to like forty people, man. Yeah. And it just keeps coming out, man. Yep. Once once they catch you and if you know if you were in the vicinity of something but he's just going off though. Yeah. That dude. Yeah. It's <laughs> getting out of hand. So it was it was a scary time to be in Toledo, recall Mr. Styles, who was the chief ex- investigator for the Lucas County Prosecutor Office. I knew the streets would not be safe until we got these killers locked up. It was eight years ago this week that Anthony and Nathaniel Cook were convicted in Lucas County Common Pleas Court for their roles in the murder of Thomas Gordon, who was 24, and the attempted murder and kidnapping of his 18-year-old girlfriend. Mm. The couple were abducted May 14, 1980 in North Toledo and taken to Western Lucas County where Mr. Gordon was shot in the stomach. Mm. His girlfriend was raped and stabbed but survived. Oh, my God. Yep. Anthony Cook, who is now 59, who was already serving a life sentence for the murder of Mr. S- Mr. Sawaki, was given an additional 20 years to life punishment. His brother, 49, was given 20-year sentence and will be released from prison in 10 years with credit for the time he already had served. Now, he's out now. He's I think he's getting he's either out now or he's getting out this year or something like that. Oh, wow. Yep. So as a detective, Mr. Stiles investigated the Gordon murder and the next six killings. Conning Sue Thomas, who was 19, who was killed by the cooks after they picked her, they picked her up hitchhiking on Cherry Street. Mm. Don Rain Bax, a 12-year-old elementary school student, who was raped and bludgeoned in the basement of a Central City theater. Mm. Scott Moulton, who was 21, and Denise Sitkowski, who was 22, were shot and killed in the car at an Oregon apartment. Daryl Cole, 31, and his girlfriend, Stacy Bolnick, who was 21, who were beaten to death and found in the truck of Mr. Cole's car in North Toledo. Mm. And they was getting couples. They weren't just... It was a couple of singles and then, here and yeah. there, but they were getting couples. Jesus. And it was one of them, I can't remember the name, and it, it wasn't in this article, it was another article, that one of the girls that they raped, it was like, 
they killed her boyfriend and then they raped her till like they got tired of doing it. It oh, was like they Jesus. went back and forth till they got tired, which is like they took turns. Yeah. Yeah. It was during the investigation of the Sawaki murder that Mr. Styles connected Anthony Cook to the crime through the informant and eventually developed him and his brothers as prime suspects in the killings. Anthony Cook also confessed to the 1973 murder of Vicky Lynn Small, who was 22, a crime he committed when he was 24 before he went to prison for six years for an armed robbery conviction. Her body was dumped in Ottawa Park after she and some friends had a car, had car trouble and Cook ended up giving Miss Smalls a ride. Can't even ask for help. You can't even ask, <laughs> can't even ask for help when you're stranded somewhere by you some fucking know. creep, man. You that's, never know. You just fucking never know. That's, 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 again, I assume it could happen to me as well as a man, but I couldn't imagine a woman, what, what a woman feels if they get a flat tire at Nine yeah. o'clock at night on a long highway with not a lot of street lights mm-hmm. or shit. Even in broad daylight, and some dude pulls up like, "Hey man, why don't you get in my car? I'll take you to the game." It's like, yeah. I don't know what you know what I mean. Like, I don't know. I don't know what this is. Should I get in the car? Should I not? I'm stuck out here. I'm. I can either be stuck out here and somebody could come get me, or I take my chances that this guy won't get me by getting in his car and saying he's taking me. To, it's just it's Fuck tough predicting. Yeah, it's tough. I can't say I'll, be, but it's that's that's tough. Yeah. After Cook was convicted of killing Mr. Ottawaki in the attack of the Ottawa Hills, man's daughter and her boyfriend, Mr. Stiles and other investigators continued to work on the case. He retired from the police department in 1990, but the memories of the heinous crimes never left him. He said, quote, I will never give up on the case. I still have nightmares about murders. No case had ever bothered me like this one. Mm. I couldn't be a detective, man. I couldn't. I don't think I can deal with that and then coming home and yeah. trying to release from all that and that's, just be right. That's what I mean. That's what a lot of these shows like Mindhunter and True Detective and The Wire they really nail is you take on a lot of other people's lives, yeah, and you don't really leave much for yourself, you know, because swimming around your brain is always trying to connect these dots mm-hmm. and these unsolved murders and all this kind of stuff, and it can really affect your home life. A lot, a lot of a lot of detectives. Um, at least, you know, stereotypically on TV, are like uh, portrayed as alcoholics mm-hmm. and need some kind of vice to get their mind off of things. You know, mm-hmm. I would like to see something about like how true that is, like the statistics on alcoholism in uh, homicide unit detectives. Yeah. You know, I don't know how honest they'd be, but I feel like a lot of them probably at least you know have a, a nightly glass of whiskey to unwind. I would. Yeah, you just saw like a fucking eleven-year-old. Dumped that's, at a dumpster with a yeah. bullet in their head, you know? And then they try to teach you, I'm guessing they try to teach you, you can't get emotionally attached to that. Yeah, but, that, it's, but it's like, it's how? hard, man. It's like, how, though? That's why I think, you know, a lot of, sur- a lot of I don't know where I read this, but I read it somewhere, I believe. A lot of surgeons and doctors, uh, a lot of them are believed to be like some kind of sociopath. Yeah. Because to be able to disattach that's why from I- like that, you know, and cut on somebody and... You know, whatever, and just be like, all right, well, they died. You know, yeah. or maybe not. Not everybody's like that, but some of them are. Even if you're sad about, it, like, damn, I lost one, but yeah. you get you come back the next, the next day. One. Yeah, you know. So I saw a dead turtle on the street. And I was like, and it bothered me the whole day. Yeah, man. I one like just a couple weeks ago, I was driving on a highway that does like 55, and a school of ducks was 
like crossing the mm-hmm. thing. They ran him over? No, everybody, oh. everybody. But the amount of anxiety of me right. stopping my car and looking to yeah. the other lane, like, you stop too. Like, I'm trying to make sure nobody tries to be right. like, man, fuck these ducks. And nobody did. And all oh, the ducks made it across, but it was. Now ma- imagine, you know, a fucking kid got ran over and you have to fucking do a tracheotomy on a kid. It's like, I could not imagine. Mm. Mm. So DNA testing was emerging as a new scientific crime tool in, a ni- in 1997 when prosecutor Julia Bates suggested that it would be used to link the cooks to some unsolved crimes. A search warrant was obtained for the brothers, brothers' blood and tests indicted. They raped Mr. Gordon's girlfriend. Mm. I, I think that's the one I was telling you about. Okay. Despite being obtained 17 years earlier, the DNA evidence was instrumental in getting indictments against the cooks and bringing... A long sought resolution to the case, Mr. Mr. Styles said. Mr. Styles was working as a director of a of a security at a local department store chain when when Mrs. Bates called him in 1997 when the idea of using DNA. So this guy retired and mm-hmm. was just doing some side job or whatever, yeah. and then he got called back like, you know, remember we that need, case? We need your help. Yeah. Mm. Yep. And then hey, we got DNA evidence. We can use DNA now. We can solve this one. Yep. So the retired detective identified the crimes he believed the cooks committed so that evidence could be tested for DNA. Mr. Styles went to work for Miss Miss Bates in 1999 as the first investigator in the office. Frank is a great guy. This is from Miss Bates. Frank's Frank is a great guy to have working in the office because of his institutional history. He not only has skills and as an investigator, but he has the knowledge about the case. Mm. So what happened was um they called him back, and then this is just this is just his perspective of you know him writing a book. Mm-hmm. So um, they called him back on the case. Um, it says Mr. Styles said that he put his spare time to good use about three years ago to work on the book and research the case by combing through police records, court transcripts, and newspaper clippings and other documents. He said he met face to face with the family members of the victims and victims who survived attacks to get their approval of the project and gather more information about the victims. Um, so. Some of the victims, one I think it was just one of them that survived. One of them that oh, survived, wow. it wrote, you know, she couldn't even read the book. Yeah. And family members couldn't, sure. couldn't read the book. Like, they started reading it, but it was like, I can't. Yeah. I don't want to visualize I can't. what happened to my yeah, kid I, my sister. That's like, horrifying. Yeah, for but, sure. Yeah, my story was a little short this week. Um, I I did a lot. I went, I Googled a lot, but you just couldn't find only... Length, lengthy, you know, um, story I could find was on Murderpedia. So, gotcha. Why? Well, but the thing you, but Anthony and the thing you cook, I just, it was when I was reading, I was like, that's wild. And then for one of them to be out now, he only did twenty years of a plea of a plea deal. Yeah, so that's, that's nuts. Man. It was like a plea deal. Um, matter of fact, I do have it. I'm sorry. Like I would assume he also, he at least raped some. Yeah. some of them. I mean, most of them they did together. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the plea agreement resolved a string of previous unsolved homicides committed by the Cook brothers and guaranteed Anthony Cook, who is now 69, will spend his life in prison. So that Anthony Cook is still in prison. Yeah. And Nathaniel Cook will be released from prison after 20 years behind bras. As part of the p- plea deal, Cook pleaded guilty to attempted aggravated murder and two counts of kidnapping stemming from May 14, 1980, an abduction of Tom Gordon, 24, and his girlfriend, and then 18-year-old Sandra Podgowski, Mr. Gordon was shot to death while Miss Podgowski was raped and stabbed. Mm. So, and what's what's what's, what's tragic and the people—I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. The other brother could have got the same deal 
if they, you know, if he would have told first. Yeah. It's not like, at least from, you know, I don't, from your story, I wasn't able to tell. The other brother was more violent in some kind of way than the than Anthony, whoever's out. Anthony was more violent than Nathaniel. Oh, he was? And Anthony's the one that got life in prison. Oh, okay. But that's according to Nathaniel and his plea agreement, right? I mean, he he was he got to tell the story. Yeah. Of my brother was the leader and he told us to do this. And it could have been true, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But maybe if Anthony well, Anthony was already in jail, right? He, he was, was in jail at first in for the, so armed the, robbery. The other brother was at free? Yeah. Mm, okay. Well, then scratch. And then the one that was in jail before he killed somebody before he went to jail for like armed robbery, mm. and then the DNA linked him to all that other stuff. And then, but he mm. he got off with a plea deal and got it. Just like as you can't say for me, you can't say he got away with it, but kind of did. Kind of did. I mean, he took a plea. I mean, if they most of the time, if they well, the court system doesn't care about. They just want a conviction. And that's the... I can't... So, so. I mean, we've done these stories a lot, but it's like, you can go, uh, I agree to something for less time. Yeah. Like, what? And that's if, you, if you plead guilty. So they get to check it off as a conviction. They get to keep nuts, their high man. conviction rate, and they do less work and spend less money. That's wild. Everybody doesn't get a plea deal. But if they don't have a ton of like if they're not a thousand percent percent confident mm-hmm. that they can you know beat you in a in a case, they'll offer you a plea, and most of the time people take them. Now the sad part about that on the other end of that is a lot of times people take plea deals when they're not even guilty; they just look yeah. guilty. So they'll go, "Well, just plead out and do eighteen months," and now you have a con- now you have a record and you're on probation yeah. and all that whole cycle, and now you're a career felon. Because you didn't, you weren't, you didn't think you'd be able to prove that your innocence in court, even though you are. I know so, that's scary. Very scary. But you can't afford a good lawyer. You get some court-appointed attorney who's like, yeah, just take the plea. I got fucking 50 cases I got to do But if today. for you to go, like, if you're in that position where you're like, I mean, I know I didn't do it, but I mean, I'm, who's going to look? I look guilty. I was at that game. Fucking long shot, man. She was wild. I was at the game. <laughs> I, shit, I, I, I could imagine a lawyer chewing me out. When they go, he was at the game. This place that the person got shot is only 20 minutes away. He has a car. It only takes you 15 minutes to get from this. He's like, oh, damn. Well, shit. I look guilty as hell. I started watching Kirby Enthusiasm because of that. Really? Saw, yeah. Great show. Yeah, yeah. Great show. Yeah, it's great fun. show. Very <laughs> Larry David is hilarious. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Great story, man. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it's my turn to tell you some fucked up shit. So, stick around. All right. And we are back, friend. Please prepare yourself for a doozy mm. of a story. This is the story of Abraham Shakespeare. Okay, I thought you better say Lincoln. That could be a someday yeah. a, 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 an affirmative murder because Abraham Lincoln was black. Okay. I'm not, you... I'm not going to get All into right. it. I don't need to get into it. I'm but not just, no do, questions. Hey, do your Googles, man. Do your Googles. Kinky hair, you know, his features, you know, little bronze skin. He was a half-breed. <laughs> but the, they don't they don't want you to know that the man the man doesn't want you to know that okay so do, do your googles my brother All right. he, was hear the, he was the first black president you hear this people I didn't say anything except google it alright that's all I said google it <laughs> hey, man. I'm gonna continue with my story sir <laughs> So in November 2006, delivery truck driver and casual laborer Abraham Shakespeare got an itch to buy some lotto tickets while he was making a stop at a local convenience store in his town of Frostproof, Florida. 
this sounds like a Friday, right before you get off yeah, work. Yeah, well, no, he was at work. So he was at work because he delivers like beer and stuff like that. So he's oh. at the convenience store. He's like, oh but was God. that his last stop, though? I don't know that. Well, it was, because check this out. Mm. He played 6, 12, <laughs> 13, 34, 42, 52. <laughs> uh, he won $30 million dollars from the mega jackpot say what he won 30 million dollars from the mega jackpot 30 million 30 million dollars man i'll go whatever in that truck y'all gonna i'm i'm out of here <laughs> well he had to get off working and then the lottery doesn't come on later that you know at the time oh so he didn't it, know he won yet no it was oh, just a piece of paper I he didn't scratch know, yeah no 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 <laughs> Get his paper, finish his route, oh, drop right. off his shastas and all that type of stuff, and then go home, sit down in his lazy oh. boy, and cut the lot of. I walk, I walk home. <laughs> I thought he had a scratch off. I was, I walked home. <laughs> so Abraham settled for a lump sum payment of sixteen point nine million dollars. I'll take that right up front. Boom. That's you fine. Know? If I'm in a more, I always, I feel like we might have had this conversation on the pod before, but I always go back and forth because I have a pretty stable job, mm-hmm. and it's like, would I rather take you know fifty, a hundred thousand dollars a month? For the rest of my life, or sixteen million dollars right up front. Now, I would think that most financially, like any financial person would say, "Well, you don't know when you're going to die, so take all, take yep. the lump sum." That's me, and get it all up front. But I'm mm-hmm. like, but I don't. Then you start, you know, people. Well, I'll get. You know what? I'm, I'm going to let the story try to convince you. Okay, and change your mind. But that's me, though. I, as of now, probably okay. after the story, because I know you, it's still going to be you. Okay, but just check the story. Got out. you. So after taxes, he was left with $11 million. Okay. Damn. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a bad turn of fortune for the son of a fruit picker who, who had made his living collecting garbage and washing dishes and who had served time in jail for a series of petty crimes. Oh, wow. So his life, he was from a small town in Florida, you know, black dude, mm-hmm. predominantly black, you know, low-income neighborhood, and boom, $11 million. Mm. So as a result of winning, Abraham Lee Shakespeare went through a quick lifestyle change. He left his old modest neighborhood to move into a gated community. Yep. The splurge in his, the splurge in the million dollar home was his biggest acquisition. Mm. Other than that, Abraham refrained from spending his money foolishly. Smart guy. Yeah. Now, here comes the, the kicker though. Oh boy. At first he was generous with his money to his friends and family. He was paying off people's mortgages. Uh, all the family and even people he didn't even really know like that. Anybody who asked for oh, money. Oh, they come out the woodworks. Yeah, but he 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 paid he paid their houses off. Oh no, fuck that. Uh, you know, but soon he started to feel like he was being used, yeah. and as a result, he became slightly more withdrawn. So that he stopped picking up that phone as much. Mm-hmm. I don't make that much money, and I hate. I call me and ask me how I'm doing. Yeah, and then maybe next week, humor me. I'll still feel like it's bullshit, but don't call. Hey man, how you doing, man? Cool. Uh, you got a couple dollars? Don't call me. I haven't heard from you in a while, and call me, and the first thing you do is ask me for something. Yeah. You know, call me and see how I'm doing. And then call the next day and ask me for some money. But the first call is like, hey, man, cool. How you doing? Cool. Anyway, uh, so I got this little opportunity and I just need like $400. Can I borrow? It's like, and I don't even know what it's like somebody coming to you like, so check this out, man. I want to start my own sneaker company. Can I borrow Burn. 100 <laughs> Yeah. Well, phones don't do that anymore. Oh, they don't? Oh, like, shit. Boop, 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 I don't boop, have boop. a. Yeah, you're right. It's like, boop, boop, boop. It's not as satisfying. Do you, are you sure? When last time you used a house phone? <laughs> when I was like 13. A house <laughs> I'm just, phone? I'm just picturing I'm on a house phone. I don't know I'm the just... last time I've seen a house phone. <laughs> I don't know the last time I've even seen a house phone. I don't know the last time I've heard a dial tone. 
that wasn't in like yeah, a sketch true. or something. Where it's like I try to call a number and it just goes, ah, like it just disconnected and mm-hmm. it and you're just stuck with a dead a dead tone. Hmm. Phone just cuts off. Boop boop boop. Anyway, so he became slightly more withdrawn. In the beginning of November 2009, Abraham's family reported him missing. The family hadn't seen him since April 2009, but they hadn't made a report yet because they were hopeful that he had taken his money and decided to relocate because yeah. you niggas won't stop asking him for money. Yep. And I would have done the exact same thing. Yep. I'm going to Turks and Caicos. I'm going to St. Lucia and I'm buying an island. I'm, I'm buying a, a fucking house. I'm just going. I'm, I'm, I don't need friends. Yep. Because if, this, money, if this is if this is what friends are, I don't need them. Everybody's asking me for money. Lumps crazy. Hey, can you pay off my car? I didn't buy you the car. If you can't afford a car, why you shouldn't have bought it? <laughs> I couldn't imagine getting those kind of questions from adults, from grown people. Hey, man, uh, I'm a little short on that mortgage this month. Keep. What if I didn't have this? They wouldn't be calling. Then you just would you just would have to do whatever you'd have to do to survive that. And if that, if that meant being homeless or losing your house. That that's your life. That's yeah. how your life played out. Why do I have to pay everybody's mortgage off? A mortgage, though, that's crazy. <laughs> Ask me for like some grocery money or so, a mortgage payment. I thought you was gonna say if he was asking you know how I was. Nah, the whole you mortgage. You to pay off your mortgage. Can you pay off my FHA? You didn't lost your damn mind. <laughs> you didn't lost your FH and A in mine. If, if, don't call my phone asking me for no damn loan for uh, some damn mortgage payment money. What? I don't get those points on my fucking credit score. Uh, right. For paying right. your mortgage off. What do yeah, I get out of this? Now, thank you. Goodbye. That's it. So, uh, unfortunately, things were somewhat different and a lot grislier. After an extensive investigation, police found the body of Abraham hidden underneath piles of dirt under a concrete slab. Oh, come on. Yeah. They, the, oh, what? The year was 2010. He was 42 years old at the time of his death. So he wasn't even old, old. Like he had time to enjoy his money. He but was just the, getting started. Well, you know, actually, the saddest part is he died. He died broke. And I'll get into that. But, you know, pay, paying off everybody's stuff and then what I'm about to get into. So he he died. He died like he never got that money. Is this like a Gary Coleman type of situation? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. So, yeah, he was 42 years old at the time of his death. The prime suspect for the murder uh, for the murder of the lottery millionaire was Dorsey Moore, often called Dee Dee. Dee Dee Moore was Abraham's so-called friend and business partner. Her original story after his disappearance of after the disappearance of the millionaire was that she was the person to help him leave the country because he was constantly being hounded for money. And she left the whole trail. She she put up videos on YouTube like she was her she was his friend. So she would ask him questions like, aren't you tired of people always asking you for money? And he'd be like, yeah, you know, and they, they don't know how to take no for an answer. So he, she had laid the trail, whether it was intentional mm-hmm. to kill him or not. She had laid the trail of like, I'm his confidant and everybody else just keeps hounding him. So when I go to go, when I go to say, yeah, he left the country because y'all won't leave his ass alone. It makes sense because mm-hmm. you can find you can look him up on YouTube being like. People won't stop asking me for money, man. They won't say take no for an answer, and they, I, I don't know what to do. They just keep asking me for money, and I, I feel obligated to pay them. They say, oh, uh, yeah, you know, we grew up together, or I'm your aunt, or whatever. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cold-blooded friend, man. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so she was a so-called business partner, and she said that he, she told everybody that he left the country because y'all won't leave his, y'all begging asses won't leave his ass alone. So the, the, um the the fear and the and the um 
the panic wasn't there because they all were under the belief that he just was out of the country. Yeah. So that's why they weren't in a rush to look for him. And when they found when they thought he was missing in April, nobody really did anything till November of 2009 because they were like, well, Didi said he's in. Damn. Wherever. Yeah, Didi said he's out of the country. So now was there like a was there like a live interview or something of when they asked her, or was this was this like a just? No, I saw they weren't there weren't there were some cameras in the court, but this is all like um, courtroom documents and stuff okay. like that 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 tell the story and uh, like a new uh, a news report. But I'm assuming they just used the same courtroom documents okay. and just put their own little flair on it to okay. you know, I make it they dramatic. Like, asked her like you know they probably I mean it's probably well That's... no no actually it's not from her. I think they had to put the pieces together because she still is protesting her innocence, and I'll get to that at the end. Oh, okay. So it definitely couldn't have been from her. Um, so, yeah, so um, her story was one of the reasons why investigators... Why, her story was one of the reasons why investigation began so many months after the actual disappearance of Mr. Shakespeare, like mm-hmm. I said. Um, Dee Dee Moore came into Abe's life like many other people after he fell into his wealth. Uh, she came into his life with promises of business opportunities and financial expertise. Was this his girlfriend? No. No, just no. she just came to him like, hey, I manage money. Hey, I, I manage... He was on the news. He holding the big check up. That's why I'm taking. If I ever wanted, want I wanted anonymous. Yeah, Give me my shit I mean. anonymously. Yeah, I don't, I don't need that. to be on. Man, the picture's gross too because it's him in the middle and his cousins and shit holding number ones up. Like we made it. It's like this is mine. I'd have been like looking <laughs> that, at me holding the check and the looking at like, basically these like people? that. Is him kind of stone faced and everybody around him's like, yeah, we did it. It's us, baby. Nah. You know. So Aditi came out of nowhere and said. Look, I'm I'm a I'm a business expert. I know a lot about money. I manage a lot of money. You should let me manage your money for you, so you don't lose it. So, um, she convinced him of that, and she wound up swindling him into giving her control over all of his assets. I mean, so he signed something. Why would you do that? He signed something and gave her like fifty fifty, where she could spend his money without asking him. He had she had to give him the buns or something. I'm sure he hit. Yeah. I, if I had to guess, I. I'm sure he hit. I would assume this dude isn't like just fell for the business propo- proposition. Like I'm just really good with money, so give me all your money. He's like, okay, she I had, trust she, you. She put out her A game. Yeah, for him. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She had the, like the sandalwood candles lit. Nice saxophone, a saxophone album. Like, you hey, know where how, did you get that? Yeah, you know how they do all the slow jams, but it's all saxophone, like, uh, even the lyrics. <laughs> that's a old, that's a old yeah. school type of album. Yeah. Like, they do uh, a Michael Jackson song, but even his words are saxophone. Yeah, that's an old head type of thing. Yeah, it's like it's like is this uh is this Brian McKnight's yeah. uh the love song? But it's just all flutes and saxophone. You never hear the Myron in a jazz band? No, I don't know who that <laughs> I is. I don't know who this is. <laughs> he, he, it, plays, he plays he uh, plays the trumpet or something. Like that. <laughs> it worked. It worked on it worked on Abraham though. Apparently, uh, allegedly, I don't know if he hit, but I'd have to hit for you for me to give you half of my uh, maybe. Four million dollars, whatever he had left, whatever he had left, she, he gave her half from eleven. Yeah, oh, well, he's you, know, you just you just ballparking it. You not? I'm ballparking. Okay, yeah. but right. he paying off all he paid off all these people's mortgages. He bought his own nice house in the gated community. That that was a big hit. That was the biggest hit. But then everything else was just him coming out of his pocket, giving people stuff. And then she comes along. Let me get to that. So um, so she had control of all of his assets, and before the disappearance of Abraham. Didi had gotten herself into trouble for taking $1 million of company funds, which I guess maybe that she made him an LLC or something, mm-hmm. but $1 million of company funds and buying luxury cars with them. <laughs> Didi later on decided to pamper herself 
with an expensive vacation at the company's expense as well. And this com- I don't know, I didn't do research on what the company is, but I would assume it's like Abraham Incorporated. But imagine me getting rich. Okay, I hit the lottery. Mm-hmm. And you come out of nowhere. The leeches come, bro. And you say, you know, I got these these business opportunities and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And you say, you know, let me help you control your finances. And then you come around next week with a damn Rolls Royce. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. What are you? So, hey, Fran, I got, check this out what I did with your <laughs> money, bro. I took two Mercedes Benzes. I took them down to that limo place. I cut them into one limousine. Now you have a Mercedes Benz limousine. You'd be like, for what? Yeah. Because like to drive, because you'd be driven around. So it's dope. How's that? How did that help my money? How does that benefit? It helps you? your um your drip, because now your swagger's off the charts. Yeah. You're fired. No, but you, I'm fired. not giving you buns though. So see, that's the difference. You know, so <laughs> she she might have had that in her back pocket. Like, okay, well, if he ever gets a little suspicious, I light the candles, put this jazz on, and, and fuck him off real quick. Yeah, it's it's allegedly. I don't know if she did, but I have to I have to assume there was some kind of. What does he That'd get be, from this? Something. She's buying car, luxury cars and taking trips. What, what is his perceived benefit? She's creating businesses and shit. And yeah, ain't, yeah, ain't even a business. The company account. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, interestingly enough, after Abraham's disappoint after Abraham's disappearance, Dee Dee moved into his house while telling all his his family and shit. Oh yeah, he moved um out of the country. So I'm just and they're like, okay, well. I don't know how Florida people talk. Well, you know, man, let me go down there. Can we come? And, can we live in his house while That's he's out of? Yeah, you know, Florida people are very like Haitian, and mm-hmm. can we live in his house while he uh in out of the country? No, he he appointed me as the estate um person, so I live there and I take care of the grounds. And and they're like, okay, well, he, he's out of he's, he's out of the country. He's alive. She said. It sounds like to me she. That was her plan all along. It was like, unless something came up. Well, clearly she's not business savvy. She's buying vacations and. I mean, before she even went, like, when she saw him on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. My point was that there was never a point where she gave him good business advice. (laughs) So that wasn't the plan, was to just. It's not like it turned south where she was like, well, I came here to help him manage his money, but he's so stupid. Let me just rob him. I think it was, yeah, like you're right. And out of the gates, she came to get it in his pockets. That's wild. They come, man. That's why you got to have an inner circle and keep it small and trust it. So whenever you highs or lows, you know who's there for you. Yeah. Because at the same token, on the reverse, when you're ground bottom, whatever the opposite of $30 million is, when you're like fucking, you know, going through addictions or you 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 lost your house or whatever, that's when you know who's really your friend. Yeah. Who those people? Now, if you're just being a nag and keep calling people asking for money eventually somebody's gonna stop answering that phone but if you just need a, a just a person to talk to mm-hmm. then when they won't pick that phone call up that's so you know who's really your friend you know but yeah don't i mean listen i know everybody needs a helping hand but if you go through hard times and you only are calling people because you need money they're gonna stop picking up the phone eventually yeah. i don't care how good a friend you are because now they feel like you're using them so that's not them being a bad friend I'm just, that's just them being like i gotta cut this person out of my life they're toxic yeah their 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 poverty is toxic to me. It's fucked up. <laughs> Super fucked up. But that's, I mean, what they, that's what they come kill you. <laughs> it's just shit like that. <laughs> like, look, man, you're so broke, man. I can't. I just can't associate. I can't with speak you brokenness. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's savage. Man. Yeah, you can't say it like that. You gotta be like, look, man. I pray for you. I keep in my prayers, but I just, um, I can't. I can't. I it's. I'm. I can't 
help you if I don't have any money and you're being a drain on my own benefit in my life. You got to say it like that. You can't be like, get your broke ass off my phone. Yeah. Now, now, yeah. Now I can't hear like, you between the money and his phone. Just be an asshole. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, she was living in his house um, and and telling everybody that he was just out of the country. Cause, so, she just went on and just. Because y'all broke asses won't leave him alone. Took over. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. So yeah, so um, like I said, she was living in his house, and she was she was using his phone to send text messages to his close friends to keep the lie up. That's exhausting, man. You know, yeah, I mean, like the the the, the nerve, you know, like the unmitigated gall to kill a man, live in his house, and then be texting his family saying that he's still alive and he just left the country because people won't stop asking for money, making them feel bad. Yeah. When you are using up all his money and he's not alive anymore. There's no way you can do something like that and think, oh, I'm going to live this out, you know. Well, did you see Bernie? We watched Bernie for Serial and Serial. Bernie was doing the same thing. She just was an evil lady, according to the movie. You know, so he, but he was, he wasn't, he was, he was the opposite of this woman because he was giving donations to the church yeah. and you know he was doing great things with yeah. that lady's money and everybody loved him everybody loved him <laughs> nobody loved Dee because yeah. they're like we don't know her she's not doing anything for us she's going on trips and fucking buying cars and shit so anyway little did Dee know she had made herself more suspicious by sending the text messages to her his close family members because she was unaware that Abraham was illiterate so it would be pretty hard for him to write letters to his family saying he's leaving and send text messages to them saying I'm I'm all right guys I'm just in Brazil right now so um that ended up being a part of her downfall is writing text messages to try to keep the lie up because they were like wait Abraham can't read or write so who wrote this but what if he go what if they go well he has a lot of money now maybe he learned <laughs> The last thing I'm going to do if I make a lot of what what lesson does life teach you in yeah, giving you a bunch yeah, of millions of dollars right. yeah. is that I don't need to whatever I don't know. I didn't need to know it because look at me. Good point. I wouldn't learn. Take my turn to learn how to read and write. I got this far without knowing it. I know how to count. Good point. Good point. I know how to count these M's. Um. So, yeah, so that that rose suspicions. Mm. And then while attempting to mislead everyone. Dee Dee had other things on her mind as well. She was looking for someone ready to take the blame for Abraham's murder. She offered $50,000 initially, but the sum eventually went up to $200,000, which, I mean, I guess maybe the town they live in, a person is very noble and thinks, I can give this to my family when I, for, when I go spend the rest of my life in jail. Yeah. Or they're an idiot. No, thank you. You Why want $50,000 to spend the rest of your life in jail? Who takes that deal? How about two? Even the, okay. How about two hundred thousand dollars to how spend about, the rest of your life? No, in jail? I'm not. No, <laughs> not spending the rest of my life in jail. What is? What kind of deal is this? So, uh, regardless of uh, of all her craftiness, Doris Moore was sentenced to first degree murder on December tenth, two thousand twelve. She was sentenced to life imprisonment without a parole possibility in the future. So what happened to all his belongings and all that stuff? He didn't have much of belongings. He just had his house. I would assume that, you know, went back on the market. Mm-hmm. I don't know who even... That's the thing. I don't never look into that kind of stuff. Like, if you die and you don't have a will, if your house gets sold, who gets the money? The government? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, the money goes somewhere. Somebody sells the house. The yeah. deed... Does the deed go back to the state? 
the deed to your house just go back to the state? Because I would assume he didn't have a will. He wasn't expecting to just get murdered out of the blue. How was he, come how up was like he murdered? I don't know if you... Did you say? Um, I I didn't look up how he was murdered, okay. but he was found buried uh, under some dirt under in a concrete slab. So I don't know. If she did it, I would assume it might have been poisoning or she, yeah. some kind of sl- sl- slick way. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, so even today, eight years after she was caught, Didi insists that she didn't commit the grave act. Didi appeared on a popular BBC documentary called Women Who Kill. In the documentary, Didi insisted that she wasn't a manipulator and that she hadn't killed her business partner. So she's keeping up like, we were we were in business together. We owned a, a LLC or whatever. Um, she even went as far as to tell the program that if the facts from her case had eventually came out during the investigation... She would have walked out a free woman. No facts. Uh, she's saying like they're withhold, like they, the, this, they're against her. They made it look. She, I think at this point she believes that she. Did. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, she definitely believes it. So police officers describe Didi as incredibly arrogant until till this day. Till this day, <laughs> uh, she's been profiled as a pathological liar. Also, she isn't the only murderer who insists on their innocence, regardless of the tons of evidence against them. So she can join the club. <laughs> O.J. Simpson will tell you right now. I didn't know. I didn't. He wouldn't be very convincing, but he'd be like, I didn't know. What? He'd smirk a little bit. Yeah. I didn't kill her. Pull off his golf cart. Yeah. No, I never did that. That's crazy that that guy's on Twitter. <laughs> and it's hilarious that he, all his Twitter, all his tweets are videos because he can't read or write. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. O.J. can't read? Mm-hmm. So all his videos are like, hey guys, it's me, O.J. Simpson. <laughs> I'm just here golfing. It's just crazy. All his stuff, everything he says, it sounds like a pun where he's like, oh, the weather's killer today. <laughs> you think that the whole night plays back in his head? I mean, not to get off track here, but. I mean. That is wild. Man. I think it doesn't at all because at this point, I am I think he's fully convinced himself that he's innocent or he just is that callous and doesn't give a shit. So he doesn't think about it at all. As a matter of fact, if you ask him about it, it'd be like, oh, this again? Yeah. This, those, that double murder? Like, it's like a, annoying. Like, oh my God, this thing again? It's like, leave me alone. That is not a thing, a factor in my life anymore. Mm. Um, but yeah, so yeah, she, I'm sure she does think she's innocent. Uh, the only consolation for Abraham Lee Shakespeare's family is that the manipulative DD will spend her entire life in prison. Good. While this is far from a consolation, it is at least, it at least shows that karma is a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And while DD may be 100% convinced of her innocence, there isn't a single soul out there who actually believes her story. Because mm, I don't. Yeah, so there won't be some kind of DNA evidence or we got this wrong. Like, it was Dee Dee. She did it. She took his money. She killed him. Boom. It was done. Spending the rest of her life in jail. That's the way it played out. Very sad, though, for Abraham yeah. Shakespeare that this dude who Didn't lived... He, he lived a, He lived a pretty, like, modest, you know, if not rough life, was blessed, you know, for whatever you believe in. Or, yep. You know, I don't know. But to go from being a, you know, deliverer of goods to corner stores to being a multimillionaire overnight, that's a blessing. That is, there's no other word for it. Yeah. That's just blessing. You're highly favored. Somebody from above looked down on you and, 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 and gave you a blessing. That's mm-hmm. when the blessings come in. That's when the blessings come in. That's, that's when they come in and you just, your life has changed. You don't know where they come from. You know, there's no explanation for that. And... 
the leeches came out. Mm-hmm. And it was just one leech that just was too powerful. And so that's all, what all rich people say. What? When people when you hit when you get rich and all these people start coming out of woodworks and probably yeah, but most of those most of the time that's like athletes. I mean like athlete rich. That's yeah, what, that's anybody, what I'm like, sorry, that's what I meant. Rich people who like I mean. work for their money don't they don't really work any they don't work they don't really work either like somebody that own, like works for a hedge fund that makes a million dollars a month. They don't really work for the money either, but they are surrounded by other rich people. Yeah. But when you go from one of the crabs to like That's what I mean. Out of the bucket, yeah, yeah, man. You just you gotta cut ties, but a lot of people find it hard because it's like these are this these are the only people I know. You Not know? Me. These are these are my family, these are my friends. I don't know anybody else. So I gotta stay true to them. It's like, but you don't though. But you can I mean you can go and that's their close friends, you can go here. You can give them a like, little lump. Like five grand. Boom. boom you know boom. how many five grand you could give out in just like a half a million dollars and not even really hit yourself too crazy? If I just come through the neighborhood and anybody, to do that, anybody's like, I slept on your couch. You, we were good friends. I know you since I was five. Hey, man, here's five racks. No. You're not even doing that? No. I got to do that. 16.9? 16.9, I'm going to. You can't my- give the point nine to the fam? Not one family member, but I'm just saying, you know, here's five racks, here's five racks, here's five racks. To family? Oh, I thought, you meant, I thought you meant like friends that was like, yo, we, you know, remember we hung out and I had to sleep. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, I mean like, like our friend Miles, like if I made a lot of money, well, not at this point, me and Miles aren't as close as we used to be, <laughs> but at a, at a point in time, Miles was a person <laughs> where if I hit the lottery, I give Miles five grand, yeah. man, we cool, man, you used to, you know, you drive me, you know, you used to ask me for the gas money when you drive me somewhere, but yeah. you, you still drove me places, we had good times, good laughs, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, if I'm making my little envelopes with people with friends' names on them, yeah. he would have got one at a point in my life. I tell you something: if you made sixteen million dollars or something, you gave me five thousand, we scrap it. Excuse no, me, no advance buzz. We scrap. You got break. You got break me off a mill, man. I gotta break you <laughs> off a million dollars. You guys, you can't break me off a mill. Bam. That's wild. Bro. Look at what money is doing <laughs> to us, and we don't need. This is hypothetical money. That's wild. A million dollars. You want a sixteenth of my wealth? Off the strength of the friendship, I'm not even a even you, you got it. You got to come in a little more humble than that. A hundred thousand. I should get a million. Let me decide. <laughs> I should get a bill. We scrapping. You give me five. You give me a little five thousand dollars. I'm throwing that shit back in your face, and we gonna fight. You won't even take the five. No, <laughs> not. Oh, the audacity! Wow, you won't even take the five. <laughs> no, that's a spit in your face. Nah, we yeah, give you five thousand dollars that you didn't have yesterday. You made sixty. You got sixteen million. You gonna you gonna be five thousand? I can blow that. I can blow that leaving. Leaving you as soon as you give it to me. <laughs> That's gone. You can blow five thousand dollars. Oh, look at look at how your lifestyle changes now. I got sixteen point nine. Now you can just blow five thousand dollars all of a sudden. Something else, man. You are something else. That is crazy. You want a sixteenth of my wealth? I, should, I deserve a, a, a for cool, being my friend. A cool meal. Not even. <laughs> you didn't even ask for two fifty, bro. You didn't even ask for fifty thousand. Fifty thousand, I would have, I would have probably, I would probably give you off the strength. You probably would already got the fifty thousand dollar envelope. But after this conversation, I don't know, man. You might have wrote, you, you might have talked yourself out of the fifty racks. You deserve a million. A mil. I'm supposed to change the whole trajectory of your, of your life because we friends. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta put the whole team on. What, man? I gotta put the whole team on. That's how Abraham ended up dead, man. Nah. Thinking like that. Nah. That is he terrible. Did he did it wrong. He yeah, wrong. He, yeah. I would have, I would have cut a lot of people out of my life. A lot of people would have got cut out of my life. That is, tr- that is truly third auntie come out like what? I don't even know. I don't, you. I didn't. I, you never made me pancakes <laughs> in the morning. I never slept. All the cousins never slept over at your house. You made the worst potato salad. You don't get any money, you know. So 
yeah, man, that's just crazy. You get a fucking life-changing situation up. like that, and everybody just comes and just literally they tore him apart until he didn't have anything left. So, uh, yeah, um, Abraham Shakespeare, beautiful name, too. It's very, like, yeah, strong. Um, yeah, man, damn, $16 million. That's unfortunate. $30 million Took the 16 off top, left with 11. He probably would have been better off in his situation just taking 100. That's what, that's, and that comes back around to my whole thing. Yeah. In a situation like his, like, unfortunately for us, we didn't come from the bottom. Yeah. You know, like, I don't think, I think, I think I'd be able to hit the lottery and people, I don't associate with anybody anyway, so yeah. people don't know where I live, right? To even be able to hound me. But when you live in a, you know, you live in the hood, everybody, you know, all the people live on the same block, and then you come through the block the next day with 11 million, that's a lot of hands right at your front door and know yeah. where you live. Would you take the monthly installments in that situation? Yeah. You still got to move. You can manage your money better than that. You still got to move because everybody is, you're the $30 million man. That's good money to steal. For sure. You getting $100,000 a month for the rest of your life? And then you go, no, nah, I mean, I'm not getting it like that. I can't, I can't give you, I can't give yeah. you, I don't, I don't got it like that. And then you just, you just rat, you save it up. Immediately you move. Yeah. But you move to an apartment and you save your money, yep. you know, save your money up, whatever. Then you buy the house. Cause you're getting the whole thirty million, or whatever half. Of, you're getting maybe you're getting seventeen million dollars now, whatever it is after taxes. But you're getting more of it because, but you just got to stretch it out. Yeah, and you just got to slowly get out of there instead of being like I'm going from here to a thirty bedroom mansion. Yeah. There's no way you can blow that type of money a month. I don't. I don't see. No. I don't. You. See it's you like a hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money, but it's not. I'm gonna buy a car and then this and that. You can you can make smart decisions. Yeah, start rolling over too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think in his situation, I, I, I probably would yeah. take the monthly payments. Yeah, me too. I don't want to be the dude from the hood that just now I have $11 million. Yeah. Because people, they're coming. They come to rob you, too. Yes. For sure. <laughs> That's when the hate comes out. People yeah. like you, man. We used to be boys. He didn't give me a million dollars. Like me? Let's go rob his oh. ass. Toxic, man. It's toxic. I can't believe you want a cool million. Meal, you, want, you want a million dollars of my 16? Cool meal. Cash. Mm-mm-mm. Briefcase. You want it in a briefcase. You want it in a briefcase. I want to drop off that's, in a helicopter. That's that's the D venue. That's the D venue. What we're gonna do is, man. Um, I'm gonna go get out of this conversation because mm-hmm. I'm starting to rethink some things. I might need to, <laughs> if I ever come up. I might I might need to move and not give you the phone number now. Now you don't get the address, but we're gonna go into. I'll find you. Wow. Okay. I have a particular set of skills now. Oh wow. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> okay. Well, we're we're gonna get into these recommendations. Um, this week I've been rewatching The Wire. If anybody who hasn't watched The Wire, great show, fantastic show. Started watching it myself. Yeah, great yep. show. Very good, just crime, um, and investigating like corruption and local politics and all, mm-hmm. like, all those kind of things. I've been listening to. I played John Redcorn from the new Sir album. That's capital S I R. Um, very good R and B album. People who are into those kind of things, perfect for the fall. So I've been listening. That's what I've been listening to, podcast wise. I've been listen I've been listening to this podcast. I just finished the first season. I don't like the second season as much, so I'm not recommending the first season. I'm recommend I mean, I'm not recommending the second season. I'm recommending the first season of Over My Dead Body, uh, which is this podcast about um this husband and wife who, you know, go through, you know, fall in love, get married, have kids, and then it kinda goes left. That's all I'm gonna say about it. The first season is very good. The second season is about like just something different. I don't really like that as much. But anyway, so I've been listening to Over My Dead Body. Music-wise, I've been listening to Sir. And television-wise, I've been watching The Wire again. Great show. 
And uh, that's what I got. Fran, you got any suggestions? You um, I, I started listening to this podcast called Carrier. I don't know if you saw that. Is that the one about the tr- the truck, the yeah. semi truck? Yeah. I have been listening you to, just that. to it. And I don't typically like uh, like narrative podcasts. I, I like, like audio books. I like them. I like that like one. an audio book, though. It's just like a. Just that experience of just yeah, you can hear trucks and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, it's very good. It's very well done too. Yeah, I'm not, I haven't finished it, but I've gotten to the parts where it's like, oh, this shit is starting to get good. It's wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I like Carrier too. That's a very good podcast. I like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's all we got. Uh, I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francois Evans, and we'll see you guys next week. And if you, if we don't see you next week, don't threaten to fight us. Right. They don't get no deuces after this episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, get, get your act together. Get your act together, folks. People, people get tired, and we take trips. And, we, and, we, and we'll put something out. Matter of fact, you might be listening to this three weeks from now. Maybe we didn't put this out immediately. <laughs> Threaten this. Y'all can wait now. You wait now, like France. You can wait now. Yep. Goodbye. Deuces. You're gonna get one anyway. <laughs> <laughs>